Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Hi, hello. <laughs> this is Pretend Worlds Real People, the podcast uh, about arts workers and um, the importance of their work and their lives. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Stephanie. And I am Tyler. And we have uh, a little trip to make across the Atlantic today as our next guest is a uh, British performer of uh, stage, screen, and most recently motion capture. So I can't wait to hear more about her experience in that. Uh, super excited to have her on the show today. We've been talking for a while and uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna give her crap for this later on, but I'm still waiting for my Harry Potter letter she hasn't sent yet. So uh, <laughs> without further ado, let's introduce our newest guest, Amy Floyd. Amy! Hello, Amy! <laughs> hello, hello! How are you? I am fantastic. How are you, babe? Oh, we're doing good. all right. Yeah. We're, we're making it through this, you know, what am I? Oh, we used to call yeah, in college. This weirdness yeah, that's happening this in the weirdness. Yeah. And in college, um, January is always a tough month, but February is even more tough. And in college, we used to call it Febtober, and we would make like it extra special and fun and have all of these things because February is like the worst. Um, <laughs> Nobody needs like a big holiday. Yeah, celebrate. yeah like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bring Valentine's kind of Day is but... not that day. We need like a different day. <laughs> I don't even consider it a holiday right it's, it's too bright in retail stores i can't i can't handle yeah. it yeah it's too much oh so amy uh you are the second guest we've had from across the pond so please Brilliant. tell our listeners who you are and what you do my name is amy floyd and i'm an actor working in the uk and i work in film theater and in motion capture nice and <laughs> what of those three what's your first love oh god um she's gonna put you in the hot the seat first, so yeah do it do it <laughs> put me in the hot seat ask me the questions uh, my first the first thing i came to it it was uh through theater um, okay but i actually came to the whole thing through quite a different route than most actors because I, I never went to drama school i love to mm -hmm. it's one of my my big things I'd really love to go to drama school but mm -hmm. just hasn't been in the cards yet um but I came to it through fighting I specialize in fighting for film and theater and that was what kind of made it a feasible avenue of a career really because I That's started awesome. um because I, I grew up doing martial arts um okay young age uh, but then I went, I went to university and I did the sensible thing. Mm -hmm. I, I studied business and did all that, but it, my heart just wasn't in it. And then I went on a course where someone gave me a sword and they taught me how to fight, Ooh. including theatre. And it was all theatrical and it was none. And didn't get hurt for real. No one mm -hmm. punched me in the face. There's no like concussions or any of that things happening. It was all just that 
love a theatre that I always had of working with your partner and making sure your partner looks good, but you're doing mm-hmm. it through this physical art form. And I just like, yep, yeah, no, screw like all the, the academic stuff. This is what I want to do. Um, so that's how I came into it. So I started getting roles on film as a kind of a background fighter. And then that just kind of snowballed really. And then I started getting other work and then I took acting classes and then started working full-time as an actor. That's amazing. What was the the first sword that they gave you to use? Because I know there, uh, there's different types, right? Oh, there's millions of types. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> many swords. <laughs> Chat to an hour just about different yeah. swords. <laughs> S words for 200. <laughs> I think the first one they gave me was just like a like an epi sword. It was like one of those um, like really simple, thin, long bladed mm. sword. They were just using uh to demonstrate with um so it just had a simple kind of big cup hilt um and we were playing i think the because it was a workshop i was actually doing with peppy alston who's an amazing uh swedish fight director and clown and if if anyone gets the chance to work with peppy do it because he's phenomenal and one of our first things was here's a sword you're now blind and you're on a boat Go. oh my goodness like, oh sh- oh shit oh yeah. okay <laughs> We, have you ever seen the movie Robin Hood Men in Tights? Oh my god, I love that film. <laughs> With the um, <laughs> what's his name? The, his blind assistant who's like fighting oh, with yeah. the pole <laughs> during the big fight scene. <laughs> um so wait, but go back to so what kind of martial arts did you do? And then how well does that transition into stage fighting and, and combat and all that stuff? Mm. Um, so I grew up doing Shotokan Karate, um, which translated, so it's a weird thing, martial arts, because you kind of, it's good because it gives you kind of the tone and the look of what martial arts should look like. But mm-hmm. then when you're doing it for uh, for film and theatre, it's very different body mechanics, I think is the easiest way to describe okay. it. So say, like if I broke it down to do like a simple roundhouse kick, for example. Mm-hmm most people are familiar with that as, yep. a, as a concept yep. uh, if I was doing it martially I'm sending my energy through the person and out the other side okay um if I was doing it for theater say I'm sending my energy past the person instead so yep. I'm aiming to stop the kick really lightly tap them and bring it back right um so that's all done with kind of the position of my knees and my hips to get the lining right so I'm not putting any force into them Slightly different for motion capture because that doesn't read as well. Generally, if we're doing it that, then we just pad up and you. you yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mocap does not lie. It I love every that. physical thing you're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, what got you into martial arts to begin with? Was it just like your childhood hobby or whatever? Yeah, they just they had a they had a self defense class at my school, okay. which we did in the evenings. Smart. Which I loved because that mm-hmm. was brilliant. Um, it was just, it was just a really nice environment. Like my teacher was really lovely. It was all very much about like this is this is a discipline and it's something to be used to protect yourself, not to like put people down. And it was just a fun physical activity. I didn't enjoy exercise as a kid. Yeah. But but martial arts was nice because it was with a group of friends and. Um, I just enjoyed kicking things. Really. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. You- a really quick follow-up question, and then I'll let Tyler ask a question. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Have you ever needed to use your martial arts in self-defense in real life? Oh God, uh, I did. I used a. Uh, it was my first experience in a nightclub. Uh, oh. So you know, young, young, little naive me, eighteen, like yay, can go out, can start drinking, can do all this fun stuff, go out, uh, and as is the case in most nightclubs, they're a bit kind of there's not nice people around. No. Nope. One guy um, got a bit too. Uh, intimate I don't know what the quiet word is yeah. but, uh, gross that, yeah gross. <laughs> gross. Um, but it was that kind of thing where you don't really think about it like in retrospect it was one of those things I really probably shouldn't have done just kind of backed away and diffused the situation uh, but just instinctively decked into the ground and was like oh god no this no grabbed my mate and we just legged it Um, wow but yeah but thankfully that's that's been the the only time Um, but wait what did you do to him i i swipe i'd like so there's one of the things we do a lot is hip throws and he was he was kind of up behind me so i instinctively grabbed him and put him on the ground Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're my hero it was, it was that thing where I was just like, oh shit, down. I was like, oh God, this guy's so much bigger than me. I should not have done <laughs> He probably though was like, what the fuck just happened? And yeah. then was yeah, like, thoroughly embarrassed. Himself, uh, yeah. expecting that from, from the young girl. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes me so happy. You full on Gina Carano'd somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that that's the only time you really had to use it though right yeah yeah okay. uh, thankfully it's it's yeah um, <laughs> yeah so luckily i've not been in too many nasty situations in my life yeah fingers crossed some of those come up again oh god i mean i i do fear for whoever tries to mess with you because i've seen your training videos and it's frightening <laughs> here's the thing right I used to be a lot more powerful and now I'm doing all the fake stuff. Mm-hmm. I've so ingrained to not hurt my partner. I now find it really hard going back to the martial arts stuff. So I recently got back about three years ago. No, yeah. Three years ago, started taking up Taekwondo and that's so that's a full contact sports. The instructor's like, yeah, come on, Amy, like kick me. Like I'm giving you permission. And I was like, I am. I'm really trying to kick you, but like everything in my body is just fighting not to. Wow. It was so hard to, to learn to not kick my partner hard, but now it's, now I'm trying to work the other way. Have you ever had that experience on, on stage or on film where you accidentally clipped somebody? Um, I, I did, I remember doing my very first, so in the uh, UK, you have different uh, examining bodies who train you up for fighting. And I can remember doing that in my very first level one. So when I was just starting doing this and we did a chest kick and my poor partner, uh, Tom Blessing was like, yeah, no, come on. Like, let's do this, like kick me. And I, I kicked him and the poor guy was just like, oh, <gasps> oh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, not quite like that. I was like, oh God. Oh, no. so uh, <laughs> but thankfully had not too many in 
in like actual shows I mean you always come away with bruises and mm. things when you're fighting especially for film um because you are pushing it that much harder and it's also just repetitive motion so if you're for example blocking someone a lot with your arm you're going to end up bruised um it's part of the game really um but it's as long as you're not hurting each other then it's fine <laughs> <laughs> what what was yeah. your I'm trying to think now of any like um I know I don't think I've ever like you get the occasional thing but like not like a not like a like a big hit doing fake fighting which is nice I I much prefer that over being punched in the face repeatedly with karate <laughs> yeah right oh thank god for that well what was the what was the first fight scene you had on film because I mean you you started in in theater went into films what was was it more of a um like a period medieval renaissance piece or was it more of a contemporary piece that you started in in film uh the first one I started in film was a Celtic piece. Um, so we were all, it was uh, kind of medieval times. So we're all in, uh, and that was with a big uh, long sword. So it was a big mass kind of melee battle situation. Oh. That was my first kind of experience of fighting as a big group on sets. So then they had the principal actors uh, fighting in the center. And then where they're, to fight around them, um, sort of kind of a, like a protective shield of choreographed fighting. Mm. And then on the outside, you have people who are much more kind of HEMA fighters or LARP fighters, and those guys are just killing each other. Like, <laughs> it's just like, oh God, that looks that looks painful. I'm not quite sure what that's happening over there. Um, so yeah, so we're there to protect the actors and make sure they don't get hit and make sure that certain storytelling and acting points are being portrayed. Um, which is necessary for the fight that does kind of bring up a question that i didn't realize i had until now um do you know how choreographed are like in in things like lord of the rings or these big movies where there's huge battles Mm. how much time do the extras who are doing this fighting have to like learn what moves they're going to do so that they're also being safe. I don't know. That just seems like a really massive project. Yeah. So it, it really depends on the project and it can vary immensely. So things mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings or things, they had a big rehearsal period beforehand because okay. they've got the budget to do that. Quite often okay. they don't. So one of the ways that people can get around that um, if they don't have time is working with foam weaponry. Oh, okay. So ones which aren't going to injure people if they get hit. But one of the tricks uh, people do is you have uh, rolling choreography. So you have choreography of, say, maybe uh, eight to ten moves. And you'll have maybe two or three sets of those. So you can then fight and then just loop continuously. And because you're moving in space and you're doing slightly different footwork for each, people aren't going to tell. And when you've got like 50 people on the set doing that. Um, And one really lovely one you can do, so quite often you'll have um like cue moves so like there may be a certain move where I bring my sword up over my right shoulder I'm signaling we're going to start like section two of this fight got it um in which case I'm on the battlefield I run up to someone I make that move this section they do they pick up that cue and then we'll fight that section to its end then there'll be a break apart and you find someone new got it's keeping that energy level going throughout the fight not letting it drop because this can be you can be fighting for a good long time like kind of like seven minutes like six seven minutes which doesn't sound that long 
But when you're going hell for leather, there were like yeah. big old swords. That that is you quickly. Yeah. But uh, it also makes you appreciate, like in the olden days, like big on battles, which would go for hours, like days, like right. the stamina those people must have had. Ah. That's crazy. That's so just listening to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're, I mean, you're in some sort of like costumed armor that I'm sure weighs a bit, depending on what you're doing, right? So, I mean, you have to add, mm. uh, what, 50 to 60 extra pounds on top of that as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, depending on the thing, I find quite often the the heaviest stuff is like the big woolen stuff, surprisingly. Mm. Um, oh, that wow. weighs, especially if it's raining. If they have a rain machine going and you just start getting sodden, that gets having things like chainmail aren't actually that bad because it distributes the weight all over your body. The main thing, all right, with chainmail is sometimes to keep it clean, it's uh, like rolled in like one show I had, it was in like some kind of petrol thing to Ugh. keep like the air off it so it doesn't oxidize. So it was more the smell of yeah. it was horrendous. Oh, I feel like that's like oh, yeah, shouldn't I still be legal. Isn't that dangerous to your health? <laughs> it's like it's like being cleaned. It's not like dripping. Yeah, I'm not uh, like a kind of still though. Ooh, the, the fumes. I feel like yeah. there's, a, there's an infomercial mm, at two a.m. that's coming. It says, "Have you worn chainmail on a theatrical performance?" Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Try this Oxbegon. It's non-petrol based. <laughs> um, do you have a preference of the type of stage fighting you you like to do? Um, or not really? Um, kind of like to cycle? Not really. I, I love it all. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I always get asked is what's my favorite weapon to fight with? And I love them all. Yeah. Uh, whichever one is in my hand at that moment, that is my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, you keep it. I'm re being reminded so much of when I was in high school. We got I got to go to Italy for a week um, with my Italian club, and we like went to we were in Rome, and so we went to like gladiator training, and we were taught yeah. a I don't know if cadence is the right word, but with like huge wooden gladiator swords, and I probably still nice. remember all the moves because I loved it so much. <laughs> so I feel like I can relate a little bit. <laughs> It's so you, you can see people getting hooked. I do a lot mm -hmm. of uh, teaching and things. You can see the students come in and the first time they kind of get to do a little fight with someone, just the light in their eyes like, yeah. oh, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about a what about a style? Do you prefer any certain style? Like, you know, you, you came up, uh, you know, performing in karate and you have all the stage combat experience. Do you prefer the like gruff and tumble? sort of uh you know i'm trying to survive so. by yeah. yeah i i like i like something with a bit of a bit of grit something messy um the like a really clean fight i always think's a little clinical mm -hmm. um i mean those are fun to do like yeah. i love a kind of full on james bond type matrix uh style of fighting they're fun but the ones i really like are kind of things where you can kind of grapple a bit get on the ground get mm -hmm. just messy but then mm -hmm. have fun and that's not to say that the choreography is messy in fact you need to be more skilled to portray that and portray that messiness of the fight without hurting your partner and you need to have a big level of trust with them that they're not gonna 
just throw you about and hurt you. Uh, but when you do have that, it's it's just magic. Yeah. Kit, is there a distinct difference between stage combat on stage versus stage combat on film, do you feel like? Mm, there is, yeah. So the big thing with uh, the difference between stage and screen, with screen, you only need to satisfy one eyeline okay. or possibly two if you're having a multiple camera shoot. With audience, you've got hundreds of mm -hmm. eyes and if you're in a big theater you've got all those levels of as well mm -hmm. so if you're trying to make a hit work it's got to be big you want mm -hmm. to make it theme and stage is also slower because if film say for example I'm, I'm doing a knife fight and it's up and gritty I can use the camera to show the audience what they want to see so I can cut to a close-up of the knife being drawn and the audience sees that in stage you need to have those still moments the audience needs to see the actor picking up the knife mm -hmm. and see the partner's terror of it coming towards them if it happens too quickly it blurs and they're like well something happened I don't mm -hmm. know what you really need to kind of highlight the storytelling moments a lot slower for a stage audience than a film yeah. one I was waiting for a follow-up question. No, nope. oh. no, now I'm you're now you're just dropping really, the ball. I'm trying to be really good about not hogging all of the time. So <laughs> <laughs> that was the the best uh, awkward silence we've had in a couple. Yeah, of <laughs> I really appreciate moments like that. Um, <laughs> so I've seen you perform, you know, in class for different assignments we had you know, working under Victoria. At Can do you prefer? the combat type of performance or are you now leaning more towards you know uh well, I, I guess performing like more as a character yeah yeah um, like let's uh, <laughs> i i love them both what i love best is a character which can combine them so if mm. i have a character like in a in a show who's acting most of the time then has a couple of fight scenes here and there that is the golden ticket look that's i yeah, like I, I love combat and I love acting. They're the same beasts. And what's great now is kind of the progress which is being made. And there are more roles for women to fight, which is fantastic. So I've gone, when I first came into this, um, my combat and my acting were very separate because all the acting roles I was getting was, I was the girlfriend or the one who watched mm -hmm. as people fought. And oh my mm -hmm. goodness, look at that over there. Um, and now I'm getting roles where my character is getting to do the fighting herself, which is brilliant. That's what what are some of those roles? Or can you give us an example of a role that you would really love to do because it does have that combo? So one of my very uh, kind of dream role, which I just got to play over the summer was Macbeth. And I got mm. to play Macbeth in Macbeth. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. That was That was phenomenal. That was a role I was like, no, I'm not going to play that. That's like, you know, that's a traditionally male role. Uh -huh. um, but I was working with a theatre company and they do gender blind castings. Um, and so I got to play Macbeth. That's awesome. And I got to play this battle hardened warrior who just beats the shit out of Macduff. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so it's, cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's such a beautiful, like I, I adore Shakespeare so much. And it's such a intricate character because he's kind of this fallen hero, really. Mm -hmm, so getting mm -hmm. to portray all those different scenes of him as alongside the violence. Mm -hmm. cool. I loved it. 
it was a really it was such a nice thing as well because it was I did it this summer so it was doing it through lockdown yeah <laughs> and just things that was it an outdoor was thing yes okay outdoor. nice so cool. outdoor and uh socially distant so it was quite uh intimate audiences we had because you couldn't right. have too many people that sort of made it a little bit more special really yeah um, yeah what would be a contemporary role that would be fun to play that you think oh and it doesn't even have to be for stage like you could pick a movie that already exists but you know Amy i don't Floyd know and die hard right <laughs> uh i don't know anything i'd like to do a spy thing i think spies mm. are always fun mm-hmm. uh, like although i do i do have a preference for period dramas like something like the musketeers oh my god i'd love to do that like give me a sword and a cape yes right right that's fun have you seen the uh the advertisements for the nevers coming out on hbo max pretty soon it's basically about a group of victorian women who gain superpowers oh my god i need to watch the nevers i'm writing this down it it looks i actually thought about you when i saw the the promo she would be perfect tyler brian said that they don't have hbo max out there remember they have HBO though. Oh, okay. Right? I think. I, I mean, we have ways of watching stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you could see it in Amy's eyes right now. VPN uh, is commonly used in her household. <laughs> um, I'm also curious, uh, since you just mentioned how much you love Shakespeare, do you feel that being British, being from the UK, uh, it is, he's kind of like this, you almost have to love him because he's just so ingrained into your culture. Whereas I know in America, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship with him. There are lots of Americans that love him and a lot of Americans that hate him. It's Um, definitely a love-hate over here as well. I think the hate is from, from, school sure <laughs> just sure it's not the way Shakespeare should be studied clinically yeah. in a classroom just reading it with no no emotion or no seeing it I think Shakespeare has to be lived and it has to be performed by actors who know what they're saying yeah um yeah. Uh, really appreciated I hated Shakespeare growing up I thought it was pretentious and uh-huh. I couldn't understand any of it and I was like why can't they just do what they're saying I couldn't follow plots and things um but it was the difference then between going and seeing it in places where when an actor who knows what they're saying it doesn't sound like olden time English you're like oh no wait I totally got everything in that monologue like right it makes sense and actually studying it through sword work was one of the big click moments for me um because it's a whole it's a whole different language Shakespeare that we just don't have anything that equates to it nowadays for example if you take dueling we don't have any concept remotely like dueling here um it's the same if I was going to modernize it if someone insulted your honor which were like oh yes insulted my honor but it's like no uh if you had your honor that was how you got a job it's how you had your house land it's how you'd find a marriage partner it was everything if you lost your honor you would be on the streets and you would have nothing that's how kind of the level of the slight could be. Wow. Um, because you didn't have like background checks or anything else. Like this was all you had was your your name and your word. Right. Um, so to risk losing that is a 
is a huge thing. And there's so many beautiful examples in Shakespeare's writing, which we don't um, understand. For example, if I'm taking Romeo and Juliet, which is a very common Shakespeare uh, play, which everyone knows. If you're I looking hate. at something, you hate <laughs> So many people do. I think I it's I think why. it's that example. Like that's what we have to read. We have to read Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet like <laughs> so many times. And I also just think it's like about two teenagers that think they're in love and then killed each other, kill themselves <laughs> over it. It's a little meh. Midsummer is my, I'll see, I'll is see my if I Shakespeare. Can try and convince you then in this conversation. Thank you. Yes, do it. Let's um, have an argument. So... <laughs> So uh, basically swords and weapons um, evolved over the years. Basically people tried to find better ways to kill each other. Um, and if we went back kind of in that era, it's that play takes place over a shift. So you've gone from having people who are trained in English families by English noble lords to train with a long sword. So that big medieval knight's weapon. And those would be used to kind of bludgeon people pretty much so you have this big heavy armor used to protect you um it wasn't very much a cutting weapon you'd just beat people till they broke and couldn't move anymore and it's like yay i won mm -hmm. go away. <laughs> and then you have this shift where suddenly the noble lords aren't having their sons trained by english people they're sending them abroad to europe to spain to italy and they're learning how to fence and they're learning small sword from these masters and they would learn from their dancing masters. So your sword master and your dancer would be the same person. And it was this much more live form of movement. So you've gone from this big brawny, we are men and we are Englishmen fighting to these really small lithe guys who just dance around you with these really tiny, really thin, really sharp swords, which we could do a tiny hole and that would kill you. So when you have that scene in Romeo and Juliet with Mercutio and he mm -hmm. gets stabbed and they're like, you're right. Like we're used to people coming off battlefields with limbs missing and being mm -hmm. fine. Like you seem to be putting a bit much of a fuss for like this tiny hole you've got in you. It's like, it's tiny, but I'm at Graves' door now. This is, this is it for me. And no mm -hmm. one even is noticing that I am dying. And it's, it's just this shift and I love it. And it says so much about the different characters. If you're, then know the terms. So he says, come sir, your passato, which is a, it's a fancy sword term. And it's like, we don't do that over here. Like mm -hmm. Tybalt with your fancy new skills you've learned, go away. And then those fancy skills kill him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> have, you, have you thought about writing anything? You know, I, I, jumping off of that point, writing your own, a uh, contemporary theater piece or just writing anything in general that you oh, want to make? So I am, I am not, I am not a writer. <laughs> um, I, yes. Um, uh, with, cause this is one of the ch challenges. So this year to kind of keep myself out of the drudgery of lockdown is I set very many people to challenge me to various stuff. And one thing ch uh, Tyler challenged me to do was to write. Uh, when I write, it sounds sort of caveman lingo. It's not. It's not the pretty piece. <laughs> it goes back and forth. There's not much storyline or plot happening, and it all sort of goes down weird tangents. Um, 
uh, bless one of my directors I work with a lot is also the writer uh, for our shows, which is brilliant because she knows and exactly what she wants out of all of us. She's written this piece and then she just... something could happen in the scene and she's like, yeah, that's why I write them, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> just don't, don't help me with like dialogue you've made up. Like, no, let me speak someone else's words. I sound much better that way. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where you start. You start with something uh, that may not be your best work. I can send you the script I wrote when I was 14 and it's <laughs> complete dog shit. Uh, <laughs> It is nonsensical and doesn't mean anything. But you know, you 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 start to to gain. For those of you who don't know, Amy also followed or is still following, I think, the push-up challenge. 50 push-ups for 30 days or 50 yes. days. Yes. Uh, uh this is what you get when you ask a bunch of stunt people to give you a challenge for the oh, month. No. I got do 50 push-ups for 50 days. Oh no. Yeah. I am I'm on day 27 today. It is going well. Oh, I have not wow. died. I cannot do one, so that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> but take it up, Stephanie. Do it. Oh, nope, nope. I'm working. I'm. I'm already. I'm, my goal is to be able to do a pull up. So we're working on that. <laughs> She's been going to the gym like every other day and completely dedicated. So you're not alone in your in your personal challenges. If you can, if you could do a pull up, you can do a push up. Like, I know. Pull-ups a whole other like level. Yeah. But I don't. I don't have a lot of upper body strength and I have weak wrists. So it's always harder for me yeah, to do neither, the push up. Neither do I. I have no upper body strength at all. I started on day one with my knees and did a few, took a rest for a while, did a few uh-huh. more. <laughs> but now, like, slowly building up. Like, all I'm right. Sort of do a full one now. I'm not quite there, but I'm working on it. I'm nice. very confident by day 50 we will be there i love that this is why everybody needs to watch cobra kai if your wrists are bothering you get on your knuckles and power them out (laughs) oh god (laughs) i've got such calluses on my knuckles at the moment from doing some on my knuckles do you yeah yeah you know what it's gonna make your punches hurt like a mother that's for sure indeed (laughs) i'm I'm just gonna go through trees with my punch that's what i want um sorry go ahead tyler (laughs) I'm going in. Uh, so I want to talk about the uh, the mocap stuff you've been doing. Yes. Did that start after Victoria's class or were you kind of in and out of yeah. that before? Um, so I'd done motion cap before Victoria's. Um, a lot of training, I work with a company called Captivate Action in the UK and they specialize in motion capture. Um, so I trained up with them and then been assisting them on various courses they've done, but it's all been very much kind of uh, research and development type stuff. Um, never much more as an assistant uh, there or as a student rather than doing it professionally. Um, and then through, it's always something I wanted to explore because I love it so much. And it's like, what other place do you get to imagine your entire surroundings? And they just go, here you are picture this is kind of the brief of what we're describing to you now go play and you're like yes there's a dragon there of course there's a dragon there I'll do it it's uh it's a wonderful wonderful medium um and through Victoria's classes I I met some really wonderful people and one of them introduced me to her agent um was like I think you guys would get on really well together and and we did and she's been 
getting me mocap work, which has been one of the like massive silver linings of this whole lockdown experience is getting to do that. It's been phenomenal. I'm so happy that worked out for you. Honestly, like the second they put the post up for from the agency and that you're going back in the volume, we were all so excited. Mm-hmm. And like R&D, that sounds like fun. Are you, are you, um, you know, just testing out the area and different actions for the company for future projects or for yeah, current projects? Yeah, so for um, quite a lot of the time, it's to help the tech guys when they're learning how to animate, not so much with the current systems, but it used to mm. be uh, very precise and if like you lost one of those little dots the whole machine would go haywire so they needed to learn how to clean up the raw footage and things so we'd get in the space we'd do fights we'd roll around do different stuff and then dots would be everywhere bits would be on the floor bits would be on us and we're like there you go that's your homework for today clean that mess up uh so that was brilliant but then it would also be for uh for projects if they were looking um, so animating like shorts or things then you come in and do a little bit of acting in the volume for them to do that with um, but then working very much with the uh, universities and various places in partnership um, which means then you get practice doing mocap and they get practice uh, cleaning up your footage and then together you make something really nice mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what have you what mocap is there anything out that you were uh, a part of? Like we could either play that video game or watch that animation and be like, that was Amy. No, not yet. Okay. I just I just finished in, de- in December doing some stuff at Centroid, which is Pinewood Studios in the UK. Um, okay. Which was awesome fun. Although I won't get to talk about it for like sure. three years or something. Oh no. The mocap timeline is like insanely long. Cause this is a new project they just started on. So they're like, yeah, we're, we like it's going to be released at a certain point but it takes ages for them to do all the all the things for you just like great this is really cool i have now be quiet about this for ages it's like, oh man it wouldn't happen to be an adventures of tintin sequel would it <laughs> i so want to do that like they're meant to, like when's that coming out that was meant to be like soon and that film was fucking awesome uh we're gonna be 40 by the time that comes out i guarantee it <laughs> I was such a fan of Tintin growing up. It was one of my like first audiobooks was the the Tintins. That's funny. Is there an animated project you'd like to be a part of outside of the, the Tintin universe? Um I mean, I've just finished rewatching uh, Avatar, mm. which oh, yeah. I love. And if they ever did a proper, there has not been a film. We're not talking about it. If they did a proper live action, something like that would be fun out phenomenal like not a remake don't remake it just give us a new avatar and mm-hmm. play with that That'd i mean you got great. you've got four movies coming up you could you could tap into the studios over there they might still be casting the no wait sorry the avatar the last airbender oh shoot whoops yeah yeah that's what i thought <laughs> i was like wait a minute what <laughs> I, i'm nerdy but i haven't gone to the depths of avatar yet i'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> I've been watching X Men Evolution. They... No, it's a, it's a. Sorry, I should have been more clear when I first started that. It's so uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender is an animated TV right. show which yeah. features um, four nations who have different bending abilities: so fire, earth, uh, air, and water. Um, and it's it's a phenomenal show, like just brilliant character arcs and storyline. And people listening, you should go and watch it immediately because mm-hmm. it's brilliant. 
So much um, cooler than James Cameron's avatar. I was just gonna say, yeah, Tyler, <laughs> yeah, can I clarify? Friend. Are they making more Avatar the Blue People movies? Yeah, there's four more movies uh, that they're lining uh, up and they've been why? filming for two years. Um I don't know. Uh and I don't wanna <laughs> know. I, I feel like you should just like you said, Amy, go into the Avatar live action, you know, proper adaptation, something directed by Somebody who, um, I don't know, made a John Wick movie or so. I don't know. Just something that that seems to flow a little bit more. For any of you who had seen the, um, was it 2010 Avatar film? Oh, it was a while out? ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, there's a support group for those of us who sat down and watched that movie. So um, <laughs> we'll put that down in the shout outs because we are still suffering from many sleepless nights oh i think i watched it actually with my brother's 3d and it was terrible 3d made it even worse (laughs) i i I quite enjoyed the film did you (laughs) yeah like like it was it was it was long but it was pretty and i i i enjoyed it but what it was pretty hmm. what i do love though is the Disney World, the new Avatar ride there, that is cool. Oh. They put you on. I don't know what the the big like flying creatures. I can't remember what their names are, but you're basically on one. It's like a motorcycle bike you're on, but then the thing breathes under you, Ooh. so you can feel it kind of expanding. And they have a massive. It's like um. Oh, what's the ride? It used to be like a like a you're in like a hang glider and you're floating over stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that one. it's like that, but you're okay. riding an animal instead. So you've got a big uh, curved screen in front of you with 3D glasses on, and then you kind of fly and move through the space. It's like you're flying on this big dragon. I'm like, That's I love awesome. it. That's awesome. That so sounds cool. like fun. <laughs> he was like three hours, but it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so what have you been working on during lockdown outside of, um, you know, thankfully you got to do your show over the summer and stuff but what's keeping you busy um so that actually kept me busy for most of 2020 really oh, that's we, did, nice. um, we did three different shows three oh, okay yeah um three shows over lockdown um which <laughs> ended up with bless our poor director because it was uh we're still locked down like it, we were in maybe tier two oh the, the UK has a whole tier system and each time it gets a bit confused about what's happening, it makes up a new tier and makes up new rules for it. So I've completely <laughs> lost track of what we're doing right now. But uh, in the summer, so people could kind of um, form support bubbles um, and then you could stay with those mm-hmm. people. So that's what we did for the show because um, we had a cast of four. So we all moved in with our director. You did Macbeth with four people? Yes. wow we do an insane number of doubling like it's um yeah so everyone's playing many different characters i was lucky in macbeth and i just played macbeth um because he's in the whole show (laughs) yeah (laughs) but everyone else is literally going on one side changing onto the other side uh so loads of costumes bless it's not i think our most changes we have is we did a, we do a Christmas Carol, and one of our actors plays about nineteen different roles. Oh my goodness! 
and she's phenomenal every single one of her characters is so different in every single show um just yeah just the way she moves the way she talks like you could she could come on not in costume but like oh yeah obviously she's playing that Mm -hmm. person right now Mm -hmm. um so that's wonderful to get to work with people that kind of talented oh my god would you ever do that like are you are you open to juggling 19 different characters i mean i'd love to give it a go uh i think the the most i'm playing at the moment is is four or five in a show i think that's now persephone show i'm playing for um but most of them because in christmas carol i was playing scrooge so i only played two different characters in that show um just uh, in christmas carol our scrooge doesn't leave the stage he's on there from the first bit wow till the end uh which is a whole different thing to kind of work with when um you know you can't leave or get like get some just some water would be nice blow your mm-hmm. nose those kind of stuff um uh we and we started when we started doing the run it was a continual show so it was like an hour and 10 minutes or something from start to finish and then we ended up putting an interval in which i liked mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah because there's a lot of moments of uh in our version anyway because one of the things that's also with four people um so our writer adapted and the way she works it because it's quite hard obviously to do a show with only four people when you can only have four people on stage so one of the brilliant things she's done is she's taken everything into the side rooms so instead of having like the big like banquet scenes Mm -hmm. or stuff like that in Macbeth it's just off the chamber Um, so people are having those kind of so it makes the whole show a lot more intimate so you'll Mm -hmm. see it's focused very much on the relationships between the characters and all these things that kind of happen behind closed doors. So the party's going off in the other room and then Scrooge and his love interest are there and then in wanders his best friend to have a watch and stuff like that mm-hmm. going on, um, which is a really nice way to work it. But it doesn't mean that Scrooge in our version has a lot of monologues mm. while various changes are happening. And we have we have puppets in the show. Oh, fun! Yeah. Uh, so kind of so wanton ignorance who are like these creepy children characters. They're all played by terrifying puppets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're really they're not nice. Yeah. They're really terrifying. They scare me each time they appear from under the robe. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we. Oh, yeah. so sorry. Go, go, keep going. I was going to say, so our, our Christmas uh, future, which is like the one which comes when Scrooge sees like his his deathbed and all that stuff. Yeah, that's played. So we have a big puppet contraption on top of someone. So it's uh, like a backpack with then an added kind of two feet above them. Oh, so, so it's cool. that big puppet uh, made, and quite a lot of the venues been working. I can see them off stage uh, on one side, so I can see them when they're ready. And it's a big contraption because it's got this hat, the whole thing's got to go on. They've got hand extenders which come on, which then fingers move separately and lights have to turn on in the eyes. So all that's going to happen. And sometimes the monologue needs to be, there needs to be some pauses. While yeah. Like, <laughs> up front, like one thing, like the hand come off, you're like, oh no. Uh-huh. Oh, great. How do I draw this out? Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's one of the joys of working in live theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who's who's your inspiration? I I have to know who who do you 
um, I guess not model after, but is there a performer that you look up in particular? Um, one uh, performer I look up to a lot is my fight mentor. So that's uh, Lyndall Grant. He's uh, an incredible uh, fight director and actor. Um, works in both the UK is now over in Australia. Um, and just because she's so just the level of professionalism she has when she's doing anything and the amount of freaking knowledge she holds in her head is insane I worked with her when um so she does a lot of uh theater shows and then uh, production working with the Rose Theatre in London and they have these massive shows each Christmas and basically she got to work with the music composer so would make battles so she'd plan all the battle in her head go to the music guy go this is what I want and he'd make all the notes hit various points that's amazing and then she'd come on and choreograph it so it's all to the music and it's phenomenal I'm like you've got I think there's like 50 kids or something in the show and then they've got a team of maybe six professional actors who are adults doing it and just all the different tracks that she has in her head and she's like right if you got this Amy because you're taking over in like tech week and I'm like oh god oh yes of course Linda let me write like millions of nights I want to I just want to be more like her um so she's nice. at the moment working in Australia on Harry Potter uh, so she's one of the swings in that uh so yeah she's putting all those track knowledge to good use <laughs> that's awesome so yeah Oh, I had it and I lost it. I can always tell you, I can, I can hear the breath. I'm like, okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, maybe. Nope. 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 Catch it. It's all right. Catch it. We need a mental colander for all the do you have, um, do you have a, a favorite actor, um, from certain TV film franchise or whatever that you're like, that's a career I would be happy to have. most of their careers I would love okay. to like, you know some people have like very specific like I don't need to be Angelina um, Jolie but if I could be Natalie Portman or something like that oh I don't know something like one of the careers I like is the the guys in Supernatural mm. I think I'd love to be <laughs> in a show like that like a <laughs> sorry Tyler made the best like face. A long... I had to laugh at it <laughs> Just because that's then you get to work, like they work with each other. So you've got that mm -hmm. one person who's a complete constant in a show mm -hmm. you're doing who, and they have just such lovely kind of brotherly relationship with each other and having that kind of support. And then also getting to do this show, which has fantasy and, and mm -hmm. fighting, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and going on and getting to work with an amazing team of directors, which are coming in for each episode, something like that would be awesome to get to do. And things like I was gonna say as well the if I was going kind of English like the BBC stuff like mm -hmm. Merlin oh my god <gasps> oh, I like Merlin wait oh. is how many seasons of Merlin are there because I we had it out here for a little while and I loved it and then we didn't have any more seasons I don't remember how many there are off the top of my head. Um, oh, wait, I've got them up there. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not sure they don't have the numbers. I can't, I'm not quite tall enough. 
there's quite a few. Okay, uh, I think we only least, got like There's three. at least four seasons. Ugh. Ugh. I loved that show. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. I've surprisingly never seen that show. Oh, all right. I, you need I was, to watch that show. I, I, I do need to. I was obsessed with uh, Sherlock, you know, the IT crowd, yes. Black Books, like a bunch of all these BBC shows. I've never seen most of the fantasy shows. All right. Well, but I have seen I'll... Supernatural, so that's why I geeked out a little bit on this mm-hmm. side when you brought that career up, because um, that is every you, actor's dream. Are you a Supernatural yeah. fan from the beginning, or did you, like, kind of do a binge post? Because Tyler oh, and his girlfriend... Okay. Tyler and his girlfriend are trying to convince me to Shameful. also love it, and we're in... We're halfway through season one, and <sighs> I... I appreciate it for what it is and i'm enjoying watching it but it's just so cheesy because it's so early like that i i have to point out a lot of the things and tyler wants to punch me every time but no i wouldn't go that far you know (laughs) um yeah there there's many episodes where i've sat back and went what that is the meanest thing she's ever said to me and it was about a show i had nothing to do (laughs) Uh, but as far as, you know, productions go over there, are you, are you still in, you know, one of the tiered lockdowns or are things so starting to look up? We're now in a, like a complete lockdown right now. Um, so it's like, you don't mix with like any other households. You stay inside. Things are still open for work. So some, uh, films and things are still going ahead. No theaters happening here. Um, that's been completely stopped. We were meant to be doing a show originally in January, then in March it got postponed to, um, which has now been postponed to 22. Um, just because of the uncertainty, we're like, we're not gonna keep pushing this. We're gonna do it uh, next year. So that's to look forward to. Um, some films are happening, but it's very much a um, lot of precautions being taking place. Um, uh, so it's all still quite tough. Mocap's happening, so that's good. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, but yeah, it's all very much stopped. Nothing's mm. really happening in the UK right now, in terms of like normal life. <laughs> yeah. What about? Uh, I've noticed a lot of digital table reads and projects of that. You know, mm. different medium. Have you looked into doing projects like that, or have you been approached about doing anything digital? So we've looked into into doing things like that. Um, the trouble is the amount of kind of time and effort it takes to put them on. It's quite hard to recoup the amount of money you put into them. Hmm. So while we've been doing some things for just for fun or just keeping kind of skill sharp in terms of doing it as an actual show, um, we haven't done that. What we have been doing is getting ready for when we come out of this on the other side. So one of the new projects I'm involved with is called Secret Storytellers which is basically set in a post-apocalyptic world where storytelling is forbidden so people can no longer share tales of the past so people must gather together in secret to learn the fables and the legends of old which is then being performed by two actors which means then we can uh, do rehearsals with just two people at a time Um, so then as soon as bands lift um, and we can gather audiences together again. It's ready to go. 
and it's the kind of thing which can be performed in social distance venues and with small casts and because you've only got two actors it keeps the costs down a lot yeah um which then makes it more financially viable uh and also i'm excited by the just the kind of secrecy behind it yeah and um, that that aims to have a whole kind of web presence as well and videos and things to people to watch and kind of follow the characters on their journey as well that's so that, cool that sounds really cool <laughs> um i you know what? i just had another nerdy question pop into my head um it, you know in the in the states uh if you want to be a professional actor on stage or on screen you're either part of actors equity union or you're part of um sag aftra like what is that like for it to be a quote-unquote professional performer in the uk like do you have certain things you you have to do or like be a part of so our um our union is equity over here so that's okay. what uh most professional actors are with and they're they're brilliant because they offer you insurance and mm-hmm. other if you mm-hmm. ever have any difficulties with people paying you or stuff like that they're a really awesome organization to have on your side um and to get that you need to get a certain number of professional credits before you can okay. join with them um but in terms of uh taking work i'm not don't think there's any limits i feel like in the states you some are union some are non-union correct ours here is it's very much more open so anyone can do oh, that's cool anything that's um, really nice uh which is nice and then you have you have some jobs which are uh more opportunities they're kind of for expenses or um unpaid uh, which is what most people do when they're kind of starting out and then you have the uh full professional roles mm-hmm um, but yeah, but you can be in equity and do either. Okay, that's awesome. If you can. I wish Don't quote me on that. Oh God, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can. I feel no one's ever told me you can't. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're gonna get like a letter after the yeah. episode comes out. Cease and desist all yeah. non-union work. <laughs> <laughs> Midway through this, just someone barges down my door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think you're okay. We're we're spreading across international waters here, so we think you might be safe. Yeah, However, yeah. we did get a note saying that we're pretty popular in the UK. That's right, so, we did. After Brian's episode came there's, out, there's something to to hang on to. Um, what are you well, doing outside of your challenges? Things, sharing with them. Like, oh my god! Except me and as most of my friends are absolutely obsessed with Hamilton. So of when course. we had those people were like oh i was just like people you need to listen to this like we need to bring him back we will yes. well yes he, dude. When, when he's um when he gets another gig i mean i know he's been auditioning for a lot of pilots and stuff like that so um but it's it, it's even harder out i mean i know you guys are in full lockdown but um you know we haven't had any professional theaters since we shut down in March mm-hmm. like there's been nothing um except for like maybe under five or less very small things that happened over the summer that had to follow all of these guidelines or whatever so um and I know that with film I don't I don't know as much but um it's only just really starting to get back mm-hmm. into gear so we've really everybody's been twiddling their thumbs for a year yeah um i think this is finding the longest side year projects yeah yeah 
appropriate side projects. Everyone yeah. stay off of the dark web. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a favorite story you have from all of the different things you've been a part of and, and work you've done? Oh goodness. Uh, favorite stories. Um, oh goodness. I have a lot. Um, that's okay. Oh, okay. Here's what. Here's one. I'll go one because we're talking about mass battles. So I'll go a story about that. Um, so I was filming uh, a film up north, and for that we were all staying on location and camping. So everyone, we had just had this massive campsite of pinched tents where everyone was staying for the duration of the shoot. Um, and we we're down uh, near woodland, um, and it was before we started rolling, so we're just kind of going through some of the fight we're about to do. And then we looked up and we just saw like these tiny, like little threads in the air, um, just kind of floating through. We're like, oh, that's really pretty. Like, I don't know what that is coming out of the wood, but it looks really nice. And kind of blew past us. I'm like, oh, wait, they're like little spiders hanging. <gasps> oh, okay. And just the air was filled with something had clearly just hatched and just thousands <laughs> of blowing up the thing. <laughs> but. but they were blowing all the way up the hill to where our campsite was. No. It was a lovely summer's day. All the tents were open. So in they all went. No! Oh, I don't like that at you. all. Oh, now they're all over my body. I can feel them. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, like, cool in the sense that you kind of got to see this thing that I feel like a lot of people don't see happen but that coolness does not even come close to the horrifyingness of having them all up in your shit no. I'll tell you what the, the next day it was because it was all over the field and it was so beautiful so we got up because uh, you get always get up early when you're camping because you can't sleep because it's all mm -hmm. pretty uncomfortable um, but got up and just across like all the long fields of grass were just thousands of spiders webs and that all had like the morning dew on them and it was so uh, beautiful uh, and then you also have the feeling like that's the field we're gonna fight in today yeah oh no <laughs> did you find any in your tent oh yes yes so many <laughs> oh no 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 how big were they were they like Oh, they were tiny. They're like yeah. tiny, tiny little baby ones. Like just Oh my goodness. Yeah. Gross. That's so gross. <laughs> I feel like we need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode just to be like, if you, you don't, don't like spiders, like spiders skip. <laughs> I mean, luckily you didn't tell a story about, you know, you're asleep in the tent, you wake up because you felt somebody, you know, like trying to tap on your leg or something. And then there's just a bunch of spiders all over. Yeah. I, I have one of those stories. This is a, a friend of mine um, who's Australian. Oh. Um, so they were doing a theatre show uh, out in the bush and they were doing various touring things and they have a scene in the show where they both get into bed. Um, so they're there and just chatting and they kind of left the setup overnight because you know, multiple shows happening, it's fine. Uh, came to the scene uh the actor he lifted up the sheet to kind of welcome his partner into the bed to join him lift up and just a massive tarantula was on his <gasps> thigh at which point he shot out of bed as fast as he could 
and it made for a very different interpretation of the scene they were just <laughs> performing. <laughs> oh my, yeah, nope, 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 nope. No, no, no. I was working, I lived in Australia for 2018 and that was my biggest fear was the, the wildlife. Yeah. And just, and just encountering those, but... Uh. I, I didn't actually. I counted very few. That's really? awesome. Nice. Where yeah, else have the, you traveled? Um, I'm first gonna kind of mention oh, yes. a few bits I did see. Uh, so one of the so like in the house and things like nothing. We had like one above our door which we just left to his own devices. But mostly than that, nothing. Until I went out into the bush. Um, I was uh, doing a feature film out there, and we were shooting at night. Uh, so doing it like we had some candles to kind of try and keep some stuff away and then one of the uh lighting guys was like amy you're you're english aren't you i was like yes why he's like i've got something to show you mm. come here but beckoned me over and turned the light over and on the back of the light was just covered in this blanket of moving bugs it was just like, like no no i don't want to be here anymore take me away back, back to the uk <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Australia, but yeah, I don't think I'd ever go into the bush. I just, nope. I, you have I'll to. I'll look at it and wave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You either go into the bush or you uh, apparently drive your car through the middle of a rural road and a kangaroo hops on your windshield. Yeah. So many like kangaroo warnings. I was like, oh yeah, this is like a kangaroo sighting. And my friend's like, no, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> They'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in Australia wants to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I think you could take on a kangaroo. Oh god, no. They can't roundhouse <laughs> kick. We had uh saw some wallabies there though, and they were so small. Oh. Oh, and you can feed them and they're tiny and fluffy. Oh. We're having a picnic up in the um, like mountain area there, and then they had some wild ones, which like were like we can't touch it; it's wild. And it was there, like trying to eat our picnic. We're like, no, like what? Me and some English friends would come over to visit, just being like, I don't know what to do when there's a kangaroo trying to eat our lunch. Oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> <sighs> so I think. No, I don't think you, uh, Steph wanted to ask you where else you've traveled. Oh, yeah. Uh, traveled, uh, where have I traveled? Um, traveled lots of places for work. It's mainly been the UK and Australia. Mm -hmm. um, and then in just general, like holidaying. Um, mm -hmm. uh, most of Europe did Japan for a while, Ooh. which was beautiful. Wow. Love Japan. Uh, my mum's a practicing Buddhist, so we went and stayed in some monasteries. Um, like we did a, so we split the holiday. We did half of it for me, half of it for her. Mm -hmm. So like I got to go to like Tokyo and mm -hmm. we got to like uh, do some shopping and stuff like that. <laughs> and then for my mum, we went and stayed in some monasteries and were woken at six six a.m. for prayer, which was less fun for me, but mm -hmm. she loved it. So. <laughs> Just sleeping on like rush matting on the floor. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do this. Is there a place uh, you want to go right after? Um, well, not when COVID is lifted, but when things are less restricted. Is there a place you're saying I'm I'm going there the first chance I get? Oh goodness. Um, you can say Colorado. It's cool. 
<laughs> yes, I'm going to come to Colorado and I'm going to see you both. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to work in the States if you had the opportunity? Uh, I'm, States scares me a little bit. I worked briefly only for a month in the in the States on a branch okay. in Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. So that was brilliant. So I went over just for the summer to help them out with their, their horses. So I got to... Uh, ride and be like an American farmhand and I got the hat and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Yeah, that that I enjoyed a lot. And just, uh, because I remember we're there, because we were, I think it was, yeah, it was like a month and a half, I think. But we got there, we're like, we really wanted to see, because there's a whole bunch of uh, interns from all over the world. And we're like, we really wanted to see like an old western town like that's yeah. what we want to see and so the uh ranch uh person running the ranch was like oh yeah no, no we can do that we'll take you and she just drove us out into the mountains for like three hours the closest town town was oh, wait my computer's having issues there we go mm. uh closest town was about three hours away so driving 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 we got there it was just like a deserted woodland and like some log cabins i'm like this isn't what we were picturing like okay <laughs> it's quite nice you wanted right. like a spaghetti western yeah. town didn't but you then <laughs> then she's like on the way back we needed to pick up like some ice and things so we're like oh we'll just go to like the supermarket so we drove and that was the spaghetti western town it was like literally kind of like there was a tumbleweed blowing down yeah and there were, like horses tied up outside and we're just like this is what we wanted that's amazing <laughs> i love that that's funny. That was if a lot you... of fun. We did like some barn raising and like dancing. Mm-hmm. And things. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. cool. Well, we definitely have tumbleweeds in Colorado. So if you want to see that again, you can actually that I was driving on the highway and there was a massive one that I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> There's like 10 tumbleweeds at any point in time in Colorado, yep. and they all yep. just kind of zigzag through their yep. own little traffic pattern. <laughs> But if you ever come to Colorado, we can take you down towards the sand dunes. We have sand dunes in the like bottom corner of the state. And then we have a small town called Antonito that has the best green chili cheeseburgers. I'm not sure if you eat meat, but if, if you do, do, there's that. Yes, and it's the home of Indiana Jones childhood house. <gasps> nice. It's so cool. It's a B&B now that they charge like 1200 bucks a oh, week sure. to stay in. But go and like wave at it from outside. Yeah, like, that looks cool. And then just take off. Yeah. Um, what are you doing outside of your challenges to to you know stay sane, especially since you're in a much more severe version of lockdown compared to us right now? Uh, well, my my challenges are pretty much keeping me sane because um, it's that thing of going. I I like having projects. I like having things to work towards and having deadlines and having something to kind of inspire and motivate me and um everything in the uk stopped overnight in the original march like just stopped and then this new lockdown we currently don't have a end goal Mm. it's just gone it's going to be this date and they just keep pushing and pushing Mm. it so Mm. try to find the motivation to keep yourself doing things is has been tough so i've just had uh friends and strangers uh challenging me to do different things and that's been really phenomenal it's kind of like that that accountability mm-hmm. of being like so if you you said you were going to draw me a picture like uh where's my picture mm-hmm. so just doing that and having 
things to still do exercise with. So I've got some mates. Uh, it's actually so me, another UK mate, and a Canadian mate are all doing a splits challenge together. Ooh. And the thing of being like, have you practiced yet today? And it's like, I haven't. I'll go do that now. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, can you list all of the challenges you're doing? I'm so curious. Oh God, there's millions of them. So I've got the I've got the splits. That one I haven't properly started yet because I'm I'm running out of hours in the day at the sure. moment. Sure. Um, so I've got that one. I've got the push-ups. I've got writing. So many writing ones. Um, I've got some drawing. Um, I've got uh, forty-nine. There's like a old sword master who's given like a whole bunch of forearm exercises. So I've got that to look Ooh. forward to in a bit. I'm doing that. I've got skipping. Another one from Tyler uh, <laughs> to try and learn to do because I cannot skip. So that would be oh, good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, learn to do that. Uh, got letter writing so I've written letters to people I think actually they're gathering at the moment by my door I need to work out how I post international <laughs> mail I knew it it's it's written it's on its way at some point I called you out in our intro <laughs> did you oh no <laughs> the owl forgot my letter I don't know I don't know where it is yeah that's it it's just it's it's flying slowly across the sea <laughs> um got those what else do I have oh my one at the moment one of my friends maybe they're not friends after this challenge <laughs> challenged me to, to sing or play the violin and and post that because she knows Ooh. how much I hate singing in public uh so she challenged me that um so that's been fun but one of the so here's the great thing about the challenges because normally like I'll practice the violin for a little bit I'm like okay that's good now my my hand's starting to hurt I'm a bit bored I'll change but it's like okay someone's actually gonna listen to this that's not good enough mm-hmm. if you practicing so then you you do you end up practicing more and putting more effort into it and you also have a really lovely like progression like I've always wanted to be able to do like a full push up push full push I can't talk now full push up uh-huh. <laughs> I never really managed it before and now like having the kind of dedication of doing a little bit every day it does increase like a lot and I've had a lot of friends who are doing kind of similar things with people working up to kind of like do tucks or stuff like that and then just posting and kind of seeing their initial day one of being like yeah my feet don't leave the ground to now like a month into lockdown they're like up over their head they're like yay yeah <laughs> Uh, so that's been brilliant and now my current thing is I've started new possible side venture of um, making combat cloaks for people so one of the things you can do is fight with a sword and a cloak mm-hmm. so I'm I've been making cloaks which are going to be shipped out to Australia for a flight company over there to work with which will be and then start selling those people over here if people want a cloak to fight with do you guys use etsy or is there like a different kind of personal Mm. okay yeah we have etsy okay i should do that i should put them on etsy yeah Yeah. and then we could promote it yeah i'll do that by the that'll be my challenge by the time yes by the time this airs yes exactly i think steph just wants a cloak that too I mean, I love cloaks. My oh, parents got me yeah. one that's like, a, it's cloak-ish. It's not a full cloak, but it's this awesome, like almost Red Robin, Red, Red Riding Hood, like cloak <laughs> thing for Christmas. And I love it. Uh. I got when I was, I think I was about 
16 my mum because my mum's size as well and she made me this gorgeous like black widow full length cloak Ooh. like uh uh purple velvet inside and it was it was gorgeous and I put it on I was like oh <gasps> and I was like I'm I'm now Darth Sidious you know from <laughs> Star Wars that was my thing or someone in a cloak so I had my arms out and I ran around the house like Darth Sidious and she's like this was not what I imagined <laughs> that's amazing I love that uh. <laughs> Amy what what's Oh God, sorry, I'm trying to get that <laughs> image out of my head. <laughs> I was picturing you with broom handles, just. Uh, what Indeed. is, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, you know, we, we ask different people if they have any advice for someone who's in the, the same uh, facet of the industry or in the industry in general. Do you have any advice for those listening right now who are looking to maybe become you know, uh, a combat trained performer or just a mocap performer? Do you have any uh, overall advice for those? Yes, if you're if you're wanting to train in combat, do it. It's it's awesome. It's also so useful if you are an actor and you want to learn because there's so many things as an actor you'll be asked to do, like take for example, like fall off a chair. And as an actor, you'll be like, yeah, of course I could fall off a chair. Um, I don't know how. So you just throw yourself off. Mm-hmm. which is kind of fine for once and then you're doing it in a show and you're having to do it every night and you end up so bruised and so hurt and you're just like this is now a miserable thing mm-hmm. whereas if you do combat you can learn how to do it safely you learn how to do it fun you're like yeah we're do- doing a take I can do it 50 times in a row no problem let's do it so that's so one of the things you can learn so there's so many there's fighting bodies all over the world and it's a small family. Everyone knows everyone. And we all gather together in Canada, normally every two years in Banff and just beat the crap out of each other for uh, a week, which is phenomenal, which is called the uh, <laughs> the International Order of the Sword and Pen, uh, the IRSCP. Um, and they bring people from, so fight directors from all over the world come and train and just share knowledge. Um, and it's one of the most kind of, humble experiences you've got all these people who are doing incredible films and like huge arena stunt shows and they're just like we're just like people like you and we're here and this is this is what we love to do and come and join this love with us and and share it and you're just like yay okay um so you get to play with that so if you want to if you want to come to to bamp uh when it's back it was meant to be this year uh, unfortunately wasn't uh but it will be back uh, to come join us but then I'm trying to remember who the American people are but in the UK we've got the like the BADC and the BASSC and the APC just loads of different examining bodies who train you just google stage combat and you will find people I have not yet to work with a with a nasty person mm-hmm. they've just been so open so lovely and train with as many teachers as you can because each teacher you learn with will teach you something new and you can have a teacher who's literally been saying to you like the certain thing day after day and it just doesn't sink in. Another teacher says it to you in a slightly different way. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what they've been wanting me to do for years. I get it now. So just keep training and find new people to play with. Okay. I'm very jealous like of that it. that collective group. That just has the cool, it's the, it's the International Order of the Sword and the Pen. 
Yeah, them. Uh, oh. Come, because also it's open. It's open to people who are advanced fighters, who are professional stunties. It's also open to people who've never picked up a sword in their life, and it's there's no judgment. There's no anything. Just come as you are, and they will teach you. Um, all the classes are based on different levels. So if you are advanced, there are classes which will really push you. If you're completely new, there's classes which aren't going to terrify you. <laughs> um just yeah come and have a go and meet people i've met friends for life there yeah. um instantly within like the first kind of 10 minutes they're just like yay you like fighting we do too big hug i love it all right tyler we're gonna do it because i would totally go do a stage combat thing i love stage yes, combat do do <sighs> but we're not fighting each other because i i feel like you could knock me out easily <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a foam sword. Oh Oops. my god! <laughs> I'm gonna use one of those swords that killed Mercutio, and no one's gonna notice. <laughs> like he said, he was taking a nap, and now he's yeah. just gone. I don't he's know. Yeah, I don't know where the blood came from. <laughs> Amy, you cannot be an accomplice. Don't get away with it. Uh, I know, you know, you're waiting for a lot of stuff come next year, but do you have anything that you want to promote, um, uh, you know, outside of your, your, your Cape customs and cloak, all this other cloak business, cloak, cloak business. Yes. Uh, yes. So cloaks do that. You can find them on Etsy at some point. I don't want the link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come around in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at the moment, they're on my website, so that's www.amyfloyd.co.uk slash cloaks. Um, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have more pictures of Yay! the finished cloaks. At the moment, they're all just cut up on my floor in their, in their various pieces and patterns. Uh, got that. Also then for UK folks, I'd like to promote uh, one of the theatre companies I work with, which is Fireside Folktales. Um, so that's the theatre, which is involves company of four actors and we non-COVID times travel around independent venues we have bookings with the National Trust which is a big um, organization in the UK for historical houses and gardens uh, so come see us and if you have like an intimate party and you want to bring some theatre into your home after all this mess is over yes. book us <laughs> yes but yeah, because uh, that's what we wanted to do. It's all they're all stories which can take place by the fireside. So it's going back to the kind of Victorian era of just telling stories um, and bringing theatre to you. That's incredible. That's awesome. Do you can 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 you fly over to to another? Yeah, country? right. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> only four of us. We'll bring the suitcase. And we'll right. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, that's like, we want to take that's our aim as soon as this is over we've got um some contacts up in scotland and we want to take Macbeth on a tour up there for some yeah classes. that is incredible so excited for that uh well thank you so much you were awesome this was uh, oh, thank you for having me yeah yeah i'm so excited it's like nice to hear when a guest like actually listens to the podcast i mean it's fine if you if they don't but it's like i don't know it's like oh you you i've, I've loved us. your episodes i've loved them i've been listening Yay. to them I keep sending them to to friends of mine who are like the range of people you've had on here is brilliant. Listening to stage managers like you, Stephanie, mm -hmm. about things, and it's like, ah. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've got Tyler's been working hard. We got some awesome people coming. I'm so excited. <gasps> yeah. Um, I gotta, Somebody. I gotta step up my game. I'm, I'm slacking in the, in the guest getting department. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that I picked up a couple pointers from a previous guest. Yeah. And, well, I'm just going to email 500 people in three yep. days. Yep. It's, it's going to be fine. It's fine. But we, yes, we have a ton of guests coming up and I'm so excited that you, you came on here. Um, yes. I, was worried at first, maybe, I don't know if she'd want to come on the podcast. I don't know <laughs> if she has no, the I was time. like, do, do they want me on the podcast? I was like looking through the list of various people we've had on here. like, really? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, and also, really you're actually probably like my new hero because again, I, I will forever be able to hold in my heart that there is a woman out there who learned martial arts that then actually took care of an asshole who is not (laughs) treating her appropriately and that makes my heart very happy so you're like you're one of my my heroes who has martial skills exactly thank you (laughs) you heard it here Uh, folks amy is a badass badass um If you want to be a badass or if you are a badass and uh, you like this show, Tyler, I'm taking over your spiel, I guess, today. Um, please email us because we'd love to talk to you. Oh, and that's you can email us. Cool. <laughs> you can do my my part. Um, uh, but yes, uh, email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, talk to you. Um, even though we've got some guests lined up, we're constantly looking for new people to talk to. Yes. Um, hold on. It's written down here somewhere. Uh, I'm doing Stephanie's part for this yeah. episode. Uh, it, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you like the show and you want to, I don't know, like leave us a rating on uh, the medium that you listen to podcasts on, uh, give us five stars. That's a requirement. And uh, maybe a couple comments about how much you love us. And we will send you a sticker, a PWRP custom made (gasps) sticker. Um, All of our guests get one. So we're in the process of mailing all of those out. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for my sticker to come. Oh, it's- (laughs) I really am. You will get it for sure. Maybe you'll get two since you're far away and you can give it to someone you like. You can put them on everything. Oh, I was gonna keep them both for myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's surprising, but also not surprising how like childlike we become when we see a mm-hmm. sticker or we know that we're going to get a sticker mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's oh it's amazing and that's why um yeah you're definitely getting uh two we're gonna you know just if you want to give one to katie because i'm tr- i want to get katie on the show yes yes you should get katie on her i don't know how busy she's yes. been i need to reach out to her um but yes we'll send you a a couple of stickers i'm really trying so hard not to do a British accent for this episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And also if uh, yeah, if you want to keep listening and subscribe, if you found this episode somewhere else, uh, you can follow us on anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple podcasts, Google play, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Podomatic, and, and any other subsequent 
God, this is so. You know what? You've been saying this for months, and I now know. I got to say it. It's I'm so sorry. unfair. <laughs> what sorry. else? Um, um, I can take on the last one because I realize we don't say it all the time, but we should. Uh, we do still have a Patreon. So if you have oh, the money yeah. and want to support us financially, um, we are, uh, you know, we're still building. We're still, but we would love to be able to send people have merch and actually, you know, um, send you more than just a sticker and also um you know we're still slowly improving on our sound abilities but um we would love to actually maybe even work with someone who understands how sound works and they can do some editing and things for us then give our tyler and i a little respite well tyler mostly but so yeah if you if you have the cash and you're willing to support this you know young podcast uh, please check out our patreon page as well um and you can follow us on all social media uh, instagram twitter facebook we are uh, at pwrp podcast um, is our handle for all of those and stay tuned for a soon to be pwrp only fans no um, account that you can follow it's strictly just failed audition tapes from all of our former guests ourselves. you um, wish a couple could you imagine <laughs> none of our guests would give us failed audition tapes <laughs> it would be it would be redacted like blurry faces yeah, and right? the grumbled voice you hear on um uh, on crime shows yeah <laughs> uh but Thank you so much for listening. Amy, thank you so much for being a part of this yes. episode. I'm so glad you came thank on you here. Thank you for having me. Uh, would you like to join us for an awkward goodbye? Hell yes. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.